Welcome, friends, to the We Believe podcast, a ministry of Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas. In today's episode, Brother Mark and I discuss the topic of the blessings of prayer. We hope you enjoy. like to start out, Brother Mark, if I could, just with some quotes uh, about prayer that I looked up and a few of them that caught my attention. Uh, The first one is, where we have a tent, God must have an altar. That's from Matthew Henry. The second one is, you can do more than pray after you've prayed, but you cannot do more than pray until you have prayed. That was from John Bunyan. And this last one, and I, I think some of us have heard this one before, but essentially, Every failure is a prayer failure. That's John R. Rice. And Brother Mark, I know you've got some thoughts on uh, for, for us on really just what, what is prayer. Yeah, so we hear God's Word or we read God's Word, and that's, that's God speaking to us. So then we get the opportunity to speak to God. Uh, in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says, Casting all your care upon Him, for He careth for you. He wants to hear from us. He wants to know about our day. He wants to know about maybe what we're struggling with, maybe what he's speaking to our hearts about. You know, often we expect God to do something, but we're not willing to pray to him and ask him for guidance in yeah. what we're supposed to do. Um, so I think that verse there is that casting all your care, everything. Sometimes we think this is too small to go to God, but realistically, what's what's too small for God? God can do anything. Right. Nothing's impossible for God. Now, that doesn't mean we should go to him, uh, you know, Lord, I, I just, I really want a million bucks. You know, we talk about vain repetition. Um, but when you come to God with a genuine heart and you seek God uh, in the right way, in the right manner, and he, he's going to hear your prayers and uh, he's going to help you find a way, um, whatever you're dealing with, maybe financial situation, if that is the case, maybe a, a situation with family, you know, whatever it is you might be going through, God is going to help you through that. And uh, that that second quote, uh, we have to pray. You know, I believe God could do anything he wanted to without us going to him. Yeah. But it's it's like the relationship father to son or, or, or a child, you know, you have that ability. Uh, he loves us. He cares about us. He wants to know about our lives, about us. He knows. He knows. But it's an amazing thing when we can go to him in that way. That's really good. He, uh, he, he certainly does. One thing we can always do when we want to know something about the Christian life is, is go to the Bible and find out what did Jesus have to say about it or what was his example in that. There are certainly many examples in the Bible about Jesus when it comes to the topic of prayer. And, uh, and I find it interesting that one of the first things that happens after God creates man is that he's immediately fellowshipping in the garden and, and walking among the, the, the light of the day, you know, with Adam and, and Eve and, and starting that fellowship. As soon as somebody becomes a Christian, I think immediately God is, is ready to have that fellowship. And it's something that probably we take for granted. And the fact that we have that access to the father, you know, in the old Testament, the only way to get and become into the presence of God was to get into the, the Holy of Holies which was only reserved for a very small, small select group of people, the high priest at that time. For us, 
what we have as Christians is access to God at any time of the day or night. When we need someone to talk to, oftentimes maybe we might go to somebody, a friend or obviously a loved one, and, and, and we should do those things. But certainly we ought to think to ourselves, you know, I should talk to God first. And, um, you know, he wants that preeminence. Of course, we have right here in our church, uh, uh, you know, scripture quoted right here on the wall that says in all things that he might have preeminence. He wants to be, be before number one, essentially. And I think that that would fall in line with your prayer life as well. Absolutely. As I was praying about this and studying about this, uh, God led me to the Old Testament here in Jeremiah chapter 33. Verse 3, it says, Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. It's an invitation. He's telling us that we can come to him. Uh, and again, if we come with the right heart and the right spirit, uh, he's going to answer us. And, and I think, you know, here he's talking to the prophet Jeremiah uh, about great and mighty things that he can do. Uh, I think that's relevant today that if we go to him in prayer with the right heart, uh, I think we'd, we'd be surprised at what he could do and what he could show us even today. So I, I have uh, enjoyed this study of prayer. It's actually encouraged me very much in my own prayer life. So It's challenged me as well. And I think that what I've learned so far in us being involved with this ministry, Brother Mark, is it's like what we mentioned here recently in another podcast about having a fruitful Christian life and how it really begins at that intersection, you know, faith and practice, and really just understanding that putting your prayer life into practice is not some spooky, weird thing. It's simply just being practical and, and, and actually applying that, having those conversations with, with the Lord. He is our Heavenly Father. He created and uh, is above and knows all things. I took some notes here and just brought up a couple things. You know, there's different modes of prayer. There's, you know, there's praying with others. We, we talk about corporate prayer, like maybe in a church setting or a group setting, uh, praying as a family um, or with a friend. James 5.16 says, Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that ye may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Uh, there's praying alone, uh, although I'd say when, you're, when you are praying, uh, you're never alone. You have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. But, but going by yourself, I mean, Jesus did this. Uh, you look at Luke chapter 5, uh, it says he withdrew himself into the wilderness and he prayed. You had mentioned before we started here that you were, uh, you were looking in Matthew chapter 6. Yes, sir. Um, that verse says, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. You know, today we see too many people, they want to pray uh, aloud, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily in the right settings. Uh, you talked about corporate prayer, but you see a lot of people, you know, on street corners and they're praying, and maybe their pray prayers are genuine, but uh, really what's the intention of their heart, you know? Uh, I think more can be accomplished in prayer if we get alone with God. I think too many people seek to impress or please man. And, and right here it says at the end of that verse, And thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. The verse escapes me, but it talks about men that go out and pray openly and they look for rewards openly, and then they get their reward. Yeah. Well, what is their reward? They wanted to please man. They got that pat on the back. That's what they wanted. Well, and in this passage of Scripture, I mean, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he's basically saying, 
don't be like the hypocrites. They're only praying and giving all these vain repetitions because they want to be heard by man. Yeah, it doesn't have anything to do with their relationship with God. And I think that's the point you're bringing out. Yes, sir, absolutely. And it's it's just an amazing thing. I know our pastor talks about this from time to time, but uh, I'm not as consistent with it as I'd like to be. But just keep it a prayer journal, and you start uh, keeping track of your prayers and just you know marking them off as God answers them. And then when you go back and look at them, it's amazing the prayers that God answers. It's amazing what He listens to. I think we take that for granted. We think uh, some things are just too small to go to God for that we can handle them on our own, but it's an amazing thing when we go back and look at, at what He's really accomplishing through our prayers. a big part of your prayer life is actually seeing those prayers answered because really as, as Christians if you have a healthy prayer life you ought to be seeing some answers to prayer now they may not always be the answers we want but I believe wholeheartedly that God answers prayer and I think that you and I could give you know examples of that but before we get there I just want to hit some practical things here real quickly I'd say that there aren't any things that a Christian should not pray about, but I, I certainly think there are types of things that we ought to always pray for. And one of those is spiritual needs. I think that um, God answers prayer for physical things, surely. Uh, we definitely have people that um, are in constant need of our prayers for physical ailments, uh, whether that be uh, disease or, you know, we have a, obviously an epidemic going on in our country right now. People need our prayer. Uh, cancer is, is a big one that affects a lot of families, a terrible disease. But I would say when, when I looked at the times in the Bible when Jesus prayed, it was mostly he was praying for spiritual things. In, in Luke chapter 22 and verse 32, Jesus tells Peter, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. In Matthew 26, um, he told his disciples, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Because he'd asked them if they could just keep watch for a little bit while he was praying and they fell asleep. You know, just praying for things for people like, are we praying for people to be saved? Are there people that we know of, either in our own personal lives or people that we've come across in our daily walk or out soul winning that we know that they need to be saved? Are we praying about people to, to follow the Lord in, in baptism, uh, joining the church? What about restoration? Are, is there people that we know of that are on the mend, you know, and, and just really um, we know that spiritually they're, that, that God is calling them back? And so that's one thing. I think um, the other thing that stood out to me was, uh, was wisdom. James 1.5, I, I love this verse. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. I mean, the wisdom of God formed the world as we know it. Uh, and so I think that, therefore, you know, we ought to ask him for it continually. And then, Mark, I think maybe if you want to take this one, but, uh, you know, Philippians 4.6, uh, praying about the, the worries and the cares that we have. You know, God doesn't want us to have worries and, and, and these burdens on, on our backs, he wants us to go to him for that. Yeah, Philippians 4, 6, uh, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. You know, you spoke about spiritual needs and, and wisdom. I think uh, I agree 100%. We absolutely need to be praying for those. But the Bi Bible says very clearly, be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer 
and supplication. Make your requests known to God. Again, it's like that that father-son relationship. He wants to know our hearts. He wants to know where it is that we need help. He wants to be able to help us with that. And it's an amazing thing, again, when we can go to God. It says, be careful for nothing. That means we shouldn't worry about anything. We shouldn't let the worries of this life bog us down or really cause us any worry because ultimately we have God. You know, yeah. We can go to God with everything. And uh, oftentimes I'm learning the more I pray, maybe he doesn't answer right away or sometimes it's a no. Yeah. And, and sometimes that's hard, but he always has our best interest. Uh, at heart, and he can see further than we can see. Uh, so having that wisdom and that that uh, spiritual discernment, uh, we can only get that from God. And yeah. I believe we can only get that by praying to God. I think one thing, too, for me that's probably had a profound effect on my own prayer life, even recently, is just continually praying for God's will for my life. Because I think we can all ascertain the fact that we know that God has a will for us, and if we follow him and we're in his word, he's going to reveal that to us. But I've really just asked him a lot lately, Lord, show me what your will is for, for, for my life. And some of the things um, just even in recent times that he's revealed to me is, it's just amazing. So to have those answers and to have them come as you're reading the word of God, and and that's what's so amazing about and also why we call it the living word. That's one thing I've been challenged about, Brother, a lot, Brother Mark, uh, recently. And Pastor has, has had several messages really surrounding this one theme is that if Jesus is who he says he is, if we, and if we believe that, then our lives should, should certainly change or reflect that to a, a higher degree each and every day. Because if he's, if he's who he says he is and we believe that, then everything in that word is true. And prayer is a part, I think, of us understanding that our communication with him is, is vital in our growth. You really can't grow without it. I remember uh, not too long ago, pastor was telling me, you know, if you're going to pray for God's will and you're, you're coming to him with the right spirit, be careful. Yeah, right. And, uh, you know, I found that out uh, when he called me to preach. And it's, it's an amazing thing when you realize and there's no doubt about it, what, what God has for you to do. Um, I think we, we underestimate the power of prayer. Oh, absolutely. Uh, too many times we get caught up on, on tangible evidence, but we don't realize that God's really at work through our prayers. You know, not too long ago, we just had a revival, and uh, many of the men in the church um, prayed specifically um, for souls to be saved lives to be changed, for people to join the church, and we saw that. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing thing. Yes, that is tangible evidence, but it doesn't always work that way. Uh, another thing we've been praying for is spiritual growth, and just the growth that we have seen in the members of this church has been amazing, and none of that would have been possible without prayer. And you're right, it is, it's a communication thing. We can't just hear from God and then not go to him and just expect great things to happen. Yeah, and I wonder too, you know, talk a little bit about when your experience at at home and with your wife and as your kids are getting older and you guys have have been involved in church like we've talked about here previously. Obviously, when we see God answer prayer in our life, but isn't it amazing when those kids see that 
You know, when they're involved in a specific prayer and they see God answer that prayer, we've got, ex- you know, examples even in uh, the short time we've, we've been married and we've been blessed to be able to start uh, building a home, something that we, we prayed about uh, even before we were married that we, we'd love to have a, a home to raise our kids in. And so for God to be able to make that happen, there had to be some things that happened in my career also. We didn't know that that was going to have to be the case. God knew that ahead of time, um, and he made all that stuff, and he worked all those things out before we even got married. And so that's just an amazing thing that you can sit down there and look at a specific thing like that. You mentioned the, the prayer journal, so this would be a good time to bring that back up. But seriously, here's something that, that we believed wholeheartedly was in, in God's will for us and came to God with it. And to see him answer that type of prayer, you just really can't explain it. Uh, you, it's, you've, you just have to experience it. And so I like what you said about that with the prayer journal. And, and Because I think it's good for us to have reminders, too, to go back and, and see how just how much God has done for us. And one of the ways that he does so much for us is in the area of answering prayer. Isn't it amazing? I know when I do, when I take on projects, I get so focused on the end result. And so when we pray, oftentimes, uh, I'd have to say I'm guilty of this, I think of the end result. Yeah. Right? But God's working out everything. You're talking about building your house, and, and obviously there were things that needed to change in your workplace. And I don't know if you prayed for those specifically. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but God knew what you needed. He knew what was needed. Yeah. And so we go to him in prayer, and we trust in him completely. And we know that, uh, again, when we come with the right spirit and the right heart, he's going he's gonna to provide in a great way. And uh, it's just when you just stop and look back at the things you've prayed for and, and you realize, oh, God did this so that we could see this. And it's just an amazing thing how it all comes together. And, and he already sees it. We don't. But it's just a, it's an amazing gift when we look back and we see how God has answered our prayers. I would say one of the things that really got me, I guess you could say, choked up, you know, a while, a while back. But we were um, in church and we were, it was on our Wednesday nights when we, we go through our prayer list and people give praises and they give prayer requests out and we, we pray as a church. And uh, my father-in-law actually brought up the fact that he was, uh, I think we were actually in, in that specific service, maybe talking about things we were thankful for. And I don't remember the exact time frame, but, you know, he brought up the fact of being thankful that my wife and I met and that um, she met somebody that's in church and, and living a Christian life. And just when you see parents, you know, like that, and you really see their heart and how they prayed for their daughter and their daughter's have one one off in Bible college right now, uh, but but to them that was a huge deal, um, you know, for for my wife to meet somebody that had the same priorities about church and and about living the Christian life, and both of us in the same way talk about how we we prayed about that before we met each other, and we know that it was His will for our lives, and and that that prayer that we each had allows us to go back now and see how how God was working. When you really see how God can work through your prayer life, 
I think that you can you can really just never go back. God doesn't owe us anything. I mean, he saved our soul. The Bible says it's of his mercies we're not consumed. Just to think about the fact that an almighty, holy God actually goes above and beyond that and blesses his children, it, it just blows my mind, honestly. It's something I've been really challenged with over these last few months is... It, I think too often, and sometimes I'm guilty of this, and I try really hard to not just make my prayers just about me and my family. Sure. Uh, you know, I want to pray for my church family and uh, pray for our pastor and our youth pastor, and and uh, I've been really challenged to pray for others. And uh, you were talking about your father-in-law. I'm sure he spent uh, a great deal in prayer um, for the spouse of his of his daughter. And uh, I, I know people tell me all the time, I'm praying for you, brother. I'm praying for you. And, and you just wonder, what is it that you're praying? Because God's doing something for me, and I'm not praying about that specifically. And it's just amazing when you pray for others. Uh, you know, we have the blessing right now of seeing a lot of new people come to our church. And I know many of the older members are praying for them specifically. And it's an amazing thing because you have these new people. They don't, they're just so new to it. They don't know. But somehow, through God's grace and through the prayers of, of these members, they're growing in an amazing way. And that's, it's so powerful uh, to our church. I really don't believe that Heritage Baptist Church would be where we are today without the prayer that's been put in by our members. It's probably the number one thing that I would say would set apart a church that's really a living, breathing, active church for God is, is the prayers of the people of that church. And I'll echo what you said. I'll get a random text every now and then from somebody, pastor, you, you know, other, other men, and it'll just be a simple, God laid you on my heart, you know, just praying for you. You know, it, it's, it just, it'll come across and that, that day there will be some situation that you were dealing with and that's just how God works. So I would have to just second that. Being a part of a church that is a praying church is what lets me know that, that I just I know I'm in the right place. I know my family's in the right place. And when people say that they're praying for you, they really are. Yeah, I've uh, being being in a military family, I've had the opportunity to go to pretty great churches across this country. But I I am in awe of the prayer warriors that we have yeah. in our church and um, sometimes I'll hear some of the older members praying and sometimes I'll just I'll just listen it's amazing the power behind their prayers mm-hmm. it's it's just it's encouraging and, and I've never been a part of a church that prays like this church and it's it's evident you could see it you could see God working in this church and you see how it all works together, the preaching and the prayer and the fellowship and the, there's being a part of it all, it's an amazing thing to be part of. When you pray together and even as a, as a group, when we do pray in, in church, it's just also another way that we, we get to know each other and we grow closer. We understand each other's burdens um, and the things that are, are tugging on our heartstrings, if you will. Prayer is a, can be a very practical thing along with the spiritual. Prayer helps us, I think, get in tune with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit allows us to have that that communication. And of course, Jesus Christ on the right hand of the Father is always interceding for us. 
and we can go to him anytime and we ought to. last thing I, I really would say is, how should we pray? The Bible says without ceasing. In other words, is it, are you, are you going to pray you know, every minute, 24 hours a day, every second? No. But there's never a wrong time to pray. There's never a wrong time frame to pray. There's never a wrong place to pray. Yeah, I would, I would definitely challenge our listeners. If there's something on your heart, something that's maybe you're, you're struggling with, or maybe, maybe even a praise or just something you want to tell God about, just hmm. keep short accounts. Yeah. And you, like you said, we can go to God anytime we want. We don't. There doesn't have to be a special place we pray. We don't have to wait till we get to the church or go down to the altar. We can pray anytime, anywhere, and we can come to God with boldness in our prayers. Amen.